The gobbledygookers are forever talking about levels, quote-unquote, of government, as though the federal government for which they work is in the high place. This psychological attitude is arrogant, to say the least. It is as if they were a set of oracles in Panchan Lamas sitting on top of the Tibet mountains in their monasteries talking nonsense to the common people 7,000 feet below. One memorandum I received was to establish a national policy. It started out by saying that policy should be established at the federal level and appropriately transmitted by directive down to the local level, quote-unquote. There followed such words as celerity, realistic justification, procedure and policy difficulties, categorical denunciation of racial discrimination. The strategy of this approach is to transfer the issue from one as to the instability of policy in the agency to a fairly academic issue of whether the government practice of the personal office is proper. Unquote. Consider the misused and wasted words. A justification is no justification unless it is realistic. If you are going to denounce something and intend to do a good job of it, then your denunciation is categorical. Somehow, I get the idea that such writing is just an attempt to impress the reader or the boss in the writer's learning. What is it that brings on this long-winded, heartbreak, wordiness? I'm not sure, but I have a hunch that a writer, feeling defeat in advance, gets lengthy and vague in self-defense. If defeat comes, he can hide behind the big words and ascribe to it the ignorance of the people addressed. Gobbledygook means not only big foolish words, but also wasted words. In practically every government order, there is a long paragraph pretending to rehash in advance the reasons for the order. Let me quote one and then show it, show how it could be written in short language. Beginning of excerpt. Whereas... National defense requirements have created a shortage of corundum, as hereafter defined, for the combined needs of defense and private account, and the supply of corundum now is and will be insufficient for defense and essential civilian requirements, unless the supply of corundum is conserved and its use in certain products manufactured for civilian use is curtailed, and it is necessary in the public interest and to promote the defense of the United States to conserve the supply and direct the distribution and use thereof. Now, therefore, it is hereby ordered that... End of excerpt. It could have been written, quote, National defense requirements have created a shortage of corundum. 
This order is necessary to conserve the supply for war and civilian uses. End. Unquote. Now let me quote a typical paragraph from a recent order. If you can read it once and know what it means, you are a genius. Begin of excerpt. For the purposes of subparagraph one of this paragraph, gobbledygook, gobbledygook. If a farmer producer has a maximum, the highest price for a given class of sales or deliveries of a given variety and kind of vegetable seed, but not for another class of sales or deliveries thereof, he shall determine his maximum price for such latter class of sales or deliveries by adding to or subtracting from this maximum price for the class of sales and deliveries for which he has an established maximum price hereunder the premium or discount as the case may be in dollars and cents normal to the trade during said base period for the class of sales or deliveries to be priced in relation to said class of sales or deliveries for which he has an established maximum price hereunder and the resultant figure shall be his maximum price for the class of sales and deliveries in question. End of excerpt. Then there is a certain government report nearly 700 pages long. Had it been put in 100 pages of plain English, with its constant repetitions cut out, it would have been a valuable contribution to our country. But the people who worked on it were worked with each other, talked to each other, and lived with each other for more than a year. When the report came out, they had developed a new lingo of their own. It was Choctaw. It was quintuple talk, none of the quintuplets be, being identical. Here's some of it. Neither the best nor the worst, but average. Begin excerpt. Yet, in view of the extent of unmet need, it is unfortunate that these additional funds were devoted solely to a measure making payments to a group in relatively less need, or that, granted the effectiveness of federal financial inducements, in calling forth additional state and local mon monies. These inducements were not also available for the program meeting the most urgent needs of large numbers, general relief. This problem of coordinating public aid programs both horizontally in terms of agency relationships at any one level of government and vertically as between agencies of the federal, state, and local governments, is likely to challenge administrative ingenuity over a long period. And so it will, brethren. End of excerpt. These are only two examples. Ye gods, imagine 700 pages of this kind of reading with the same thing said over and over again. But I have complained long enough. What are we going to do about it? Well, you might start by applying the following rules. Number one, 
make up a gobbledygook dictionary and make it unpopular to use any word on the list. Number two, try to keep sentences under 20 words, certainly under 25 words. Number three, don't make the memo a sermon or prolonged lecture or a display of book learning. Number four, use the telephone for a short conversation if the other fellow isn't too busy and not a crab. The worst thing is that our officialdom drags this invisible empire of word death traps into the press. Newspaper men, newspaper men tear their hair because they have to translate the handouts if they can. I have heard people curse the congressional record, but compared to the Federal Register, which has all official government orders and regulations, the record is a miracle of clearness and brevity. This is certain. If we do all these things, we can save time, paper, hours of unnecessary work or dispositions, and I believe, blood. There must be a new language development in America, which will rescue our present language from the curse of confusion. We must stop dragging in the corpses of dead languages. A man's language is a very important part of his conduct. He should be held morally responsible for his words, just as he is accountable for his other acts. Let us be orderly in our language and brief, slovenly disorder in speech and writing is not only a reflection upon the person's thinking, but an insult to the person whom it is sent.